0: All right, I think we can all agree that every new investor struggles with the same issues. They're out there talking to motivated sellers. They're finding deals, but they're unsure of how to comp these properties and how to determine what they are worth or what the ARV is. There's a tremendous amount of anxiety trying to figure out how to find the after repair values. Now, we all know that in order to make a great offer on a property, you have to start with the end in mind, meaning you really should know the ARV or the after repair value of the property before you can discount it and subtract your repairs and or wholesale fee to get your perfect offer amount. Well, if you're like me and you're not a licensed real estate agent, it's difficult to get access to your local MLS without asking your agent or bugging your buddies who are licensed all the time to run those comps for you and generate those estimated values. Well, not to worry. There's a company out there that can grant you MLS access to view and comp properties nationwide. I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps, and you can even get a free 14-day trial to test it out for yourself. Now, not only can you use this company to get comps and generate ARVs for these deals that you're finding, but you can also use it to help you find out how much the property owner owes on the property so you're not overpaying. Did I mention that you can use this company to also pull lists of motivated sellers? When I do marketing, I'm looking for vacants, absentee owners, high equity, pre-foreclosure, and many, many more reasons that the owner might be motivated. These guys can help you generate these lists so you can market them accordingly. I like like to mail them and also skip trace them so my team can call or text them. Again, if you're having problems getting comps, I want you guys to go to dpipodcast.com forward slash comps to get access to a 14-day free trial so you can run your own MLS comps and even use this company to pull your own list of motivated sellers. I use them to run my comps and to pull my list. If you're not using them, you are absolutely missing out. So check them out today. dpipodcast.com forward slash comps for more information. Welcome back to season two of the Discount Property Investor podcast. Our mission is to share with you what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. Make sure you never miss an episode and download the Discount Property Investor app in Google Play or iTunes today. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. All right, guys, welcome back to
1: the Discount Property Investor podcast. This is your host, David Dodge, and I have a special guest on the show today. Mitch Steven. Mitch, I actually had the pleasure of being in Mitch's city for a seminar. I just interviewed Mitch a couple weeks ago, and Mitch was so nice. He took me to his ranch, and we did some hunting. It was a great time, but I wanted to bring Mitch back on the show because I had so much fun with Mitch. Let's welcome back Mitch. Hey, Mitch, how you doing, buddy?
2: What's going on, Dave? We did have fun, didn't
1: we? We did. We had a great time, man. Your ranch we had is those beautiful. Their lives, didn't we?
2: They were. They were like they. they we, we,
1: we were on them. We were on them. That's right. That's right. You have a beautiful ranch, Mitch. And uh, I want to thank you, and and I appreciate you, man. It, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. But I wanted to bring you back on the show today to talk about private money and how. Private money changes everything. So in the last episode that that I had interviewed you, we talked about owner financing and how your strategy has been over owner financing for a long time and how you've had tremendous success with owner financing. The piece of the puzzle when it comes to owner financing that's really, really important is being able to buy those homes Right. And you're using private money. So I wanted to bring you back. I wanted to have a conversation today with you about private money, how you are finding private money, what you're doing, how you're utilizing it, you know, so on and so forth.
2: Well, I mean, private money really does change everything. It's the difference between uh, being successful or being well, you know, making a great living and being a multi, 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 multi-millionaire and, and on and on. Um, because when you don't have to worry about funding, you can go out and buy as many deals as you can find. The challenge becomes, how do I find, you know, you quit focusing on, I can't do this because I don't have the money or I don't have enough money or I'm going to have to find more partners. You can, when all that goes away, you just focus on finding deals. And you know that no matter which one you find or how many you find that day or that week, you can take them you can take them down you
1: can take them down right
2: so um it's you know i have right now i have um 22 million dollars worth of private money
1: 22 million holy cow that's a ton it
2: didn't happen happen overnight but i didn't need 22 million when i first started out right i needed when i first started out was five hundred thousand or a million i was like okay i'm off to the races you know right look up and you you know, depending on what strategy you use. I mean, if you're doing fix and flips, then your money's coming back to you every six, seven, eight months. So you don't need a ton of it because all you need is like one or two or $3 million. You're keeping four or five or six houses up in the air and the money goes out and then it comes back in every six months. If you're doing owner financing strategy where where, where you're selling houses, not many people do this, but I sell my houses on 30-year fixed mortgages, no balloon, no need to go refi. Matter of fact, I prefer you don't refi. I got <laughs>
1: 30
2: years of payments, please. Right. Um, um, so that money's got to be a little bit long. You know, I gotta, when I have money, I got to have it out for 5, 10, 15 years. You know what I mean? So I got to keep going out and getting more money. Now, the average yeah, American- Yeah,
1: that, that well dries up quick whenever you're not flipping. You know, whenever you are borrowing it and then you're buying something- Selling it on owner financing. If they make their payments for 5, 8, 12, 15 years, there's no reason for you to, you know, to, that to stop that up. or slow it down. Or Yeah,
2: yeah. money tied up. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to use private money. One is potentially or th- theoretically, you'll never run out. You, don't, you only have so much money you can buy houses with. Private The private side never runs out of money if you learn how to cultivate it. You know what I mean? So it's an endless stream of money uh, in theory. In theory. Um, and the other thing is it's always your terms. You go to a bank, they're going to tell you what they're offering. I'm talking to private people. I'm telling you what I'm offering. You know, I, it's my terms I'm offering. So today, you know, I started out because I had mostly older people. They were four or five or six people. They were older, and they were loaning me money. So, I w- older people were really worried about their principal. They weren't overly rich, so they were desperate. I mean, they were always um, really to
1: protect the capital. They're not they as worried pay. about the, the rate. Principal. They don't want the principal.
2: Their nest egg to erode. Right. So every time I send them a payment, they want to know well how much is interest and how much is is a principal because I got to take the principal and go put it back in my bank account. And I was like, you know, why don't I just make this interest only payments and then you don't have to worry about that. You either take you, know, you take the one little small check I send every month, you can spend it all because it's all interest. Yeah, and the principal's really, protected. That really, big check, that really big check, that's your principal coming back, you know? And and that worked for a long time. And I got sixteen million dollars of eight percent five year interest only money. And to go further, payable monthly. Here's the terms. Now wait, you said you said eight percent five year. Yeah eight percent, five years, interest only, payable monthly, um, first lien position, wrappable, and I never borrow over 65% of the OFV or the owner finance value, or you might say if you're a flipper, the value, the appraised value, but make no mistake, the owner finance value and the appraised value are not the same number. But I'm I'm promising never to 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 borrow over sixty five percent of the owner finance value. What I know that I'm going to sell that house for if I carry the paper.
1: So your so your owner finance value is less than your appraisal typically.
2: No, it's more. I can get more money because I'm offering terms to people that can't get a loan. So I can I can sell over the market.
1: Oh, the owner finance is high. okay. And it's is it always higher or typically higher?
2: Well, right now, because the markets are so hot, it's about even. Owner finance value is equal with the value. But when in the recession hits and these prices drop 50, 60, 70 thousand dollars in price or, or or 50% in price, my price, my the rent's still going to be the same. And so my owner finance, my owner finance value is still the same. So I could be selling a hundred percent over the market, which I was in 2010 and 12. The houses I bought for twenty seven were selling for fifty nine, because the houses that we were buying for $27,000 27, were renting for $850 a month.
1: I get it. Yeah, no, that's, I get it. It mean, makes sense.
2: So In the recession, you'll really sell over the market. In a really hot market like we have now, it's about even. The, the, the owner finance value and the regular value is about the same. About the same, so, right. Yeah. So, but this is my terms, 8%, five years interest only. Ah uh, five years interest only payable monthly first lien position, wrappable, which means I can I can borrow the money from you to the fifty thousand to buy the house, and I can sell it to someone for one hundred thousand with ten thousand down and they make me payment for ninety thousand for thirty years, but I don't have to pay you off. I just they pay me, I pay you. and I keep the spread. Um, let's say they're paying me 850, I owe you five hundred. You know, I, mean, I owe you 350, I keep 500 in the middle, which is my, my average, really close to my average cash flow on every house is about 500. So they're paying me 850. I'm paying you 350. I'm keeping the 500. This is not rent. This is a mortgage payment. I don't own the house. I just own the payment. So if the air conditioner breaks, you know. So, but here's the point. I got to have that money out a lot longer. So I'm asking five years. And the reason why I did interest only was because my people were a little bit older. When you start dealing with younger people, like, like 75% of the people that I borrow money from are getting it from their IRA. I've taught them to self-direct their IRAs so that they could get in control of their financial future and where that money's going, being invested. You and said
1: so- 75% from IRA?
2: Yeah, from IRAs. I teach people how to convert. They all they all go to taxfreefuture.com. That's where I send them. The reason why I send them there is it has an upfront fee to 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 form the self-directed IRA with checkbook control. But it has a flat fee for the rest of its life and it'll outrun most people's back end is way bigger and it's forever. So I, I suggest that you pay up front a little bit and then have a really low back end that's fixed forever. Um, and so
1: that's yes, self-directed IRAs is what you're yes, talking
2: self-directed about with checkbook control. You have to have checkbook control, right? And so taxfreefuture.com is where we go there. And then once they learn how to do that, I've noticed that if they're younger people with IRAs, like maybe they're 28 or 30, they can't get to this money till they're 59 and a half. So when I'm talking to a younger person, and it's coming from their IRA, it doesn't matter if I send them principal and interest payments because it's just getting plowed into the same account, all of it, and he can't spend any of it till he's 59 and a half. That's a great so, point.
1: I I have not looked at it that way, but when you're younger, you can't touch that money for so long. They, and I they'll
2: mean, tell you, look, I just want to set it and forget it. I don't want to go anywhere.
1: 30 years in some cases.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, so normally what I do is, this is what I offer. I've been offering these terms lately. I've been offering 15 years, fully amortized, wrappable, first lien position, 65% LTV, but 10% if you give me a 15-year loan and I'm done. Wait, say that again?
1: Can you start over with what you're offering these days or in in some
2: scenarios? I'll pay my lender 10% if they'll give me 15 years fully amortized loan. Okay, Okay. I'll pay 9% if you give me a 10-year fully amortized loan. I'll pay 8.5% if you give me a 15-year amortized loan with a 7-year balloon.
1: 15-year with a 7-year balloon?
2: Yes, 8.5%. I'll pay you 8% if you give me a 15-year am and a 5-year balloon. And sometimes I can offer a five-year amortization, fully amortized, if you'll, if you'll accept 6%. These are, But that's a special property that I have to find myself because I'm not, it, you know, there's, there are properties with small balances that I just want to refinance and pay off or something. Those, those, that 6% five-year fully amortized loan, you can't run out and buy a $100,000 house with that kind of money. You know, it's for little things I got dangling around that I just want to get off the books.
1: Right, so, right.
2: Five years, let me just pay this thing off in five years, you know. But that's 6%. And you think about an amortizing loan as opposed to an interest-only loan. In an interest-only loan, the, the, the lender's risk kind of stays where it's at because you never pay anything down. In an amortized loan, the lender, it, with every payment you make, he's less, you're paying down some of the principal. So his exposure is less and less every month. Right. As if it wasn't, as if his exposure wasn't minimal enough at 65% of what the value of the house was, it's getting less every month.
1: It's getting less every month, right? And the the interest is only applied to the principal balance. So as you get farther and farther into the, it's still 10%, 9%, 8.5%, whatever it might be from the get-go. But that, but that amount that's being paid is shrinking as well too. Wow.
2: So these are, this is how I'm using the private money, but let's talk about how you get it. Let's do it. I'm ready. The main thing is when I, when I start to coach people about raising private money, my first goal is to figure out why you haven't done this without me. Where is your mental block? Where's the obstacle? You know, my partner, was really good at getting money from his dad and his uncle. And then, it dry, when they, then when they ran out, it stopped. I said, what's your problem, man? I mean, you're really getting money. And then once you had to go outside the family, you couldn't get it. He says, well, I don't know what it is. I says, we need to figure out what it is because I can't fix it. <laughs> we need I to figure it out. You can't fix it if you don't know why <laughs> you're afraid. Right. So he called me back a couple of days later. He goes, I know what it is. I said, what is it? He says, I'm going into these people that are in their 60s and their 70s and their 80s. They're rich. They're wealthy beyond compare. They're successful, successful people. I'm 25 years old. I don't even own my own freaking house. Why in the hell would they loan me money? I'm so young. I haven't had a chance to prove myself. But why are they going to? And then I said, ah, there you go. You've given yourself way too much credit in this formula. No one gives a crap about you. They don't give a shit what you are. What they care about is the deal. What are they going to get if you don't pay them back? And if that, if that, if that reward is big enough, then they don't give – Charles Manson should, should have been able to go out and get these loans from prison after killing all those people. You know, hey, warden, I need $50,000 <laughs> $50, for a loan. Charles, I'm not giving you a loan. You're crazy. Look, I got a $100,000 house. I'll, I'll give you a first lien on If I don't pay you the 50000 back, you'll get my $100,000 house. It's like you can see the warden right now pushing the button. Hey, guards, let Charles out and don't give him a pencil till you have your guns drawn. You know, you know, don't give him a pen because we're fixing to sign papers. Right. It doesn't matter who Charles Manson. It doesn't matter what he did. You, you're either going to get paid or you're going to get this piece of collateral that's well worth the, 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 the extra effort it might take. When you get in that position so once right after that conversation he was out getting private money like crazy you know you and there's ways to manipulate this let's say you have a deal a hundred thousand dollar house and you can get it for sixty five thousand dollars maybe someone doesn't want to loan sixty five thousand on a hundred thousand dollar house maybe that's a little too much well why don't you just put of your own money into this big fish that you've never met, but you know, he's got deep pockets because you've, you know, everyone knows he's got deep pockets, man's very successful. He doesn't know me from Adam and he's not going to pay attention to me. And he's not really going to listen to me when I want to to borrow 65,000 on a, on a, I was going to say $80,000 on $80,000 on a hundred thousand dollar house. There's not enough incentive, or there's too much risk still for Too much
1: him. risk on his end for you him not so I'll knowing you. I'm go ahead and
2: put 30000 of my own money in. Now I just want $50,000 on a $100,000 house. And I'm in the second position. I'm going to loan the 30000 for the deal in the second position. He's going to loan fifty in the first. I know the deal's not going bad either way. And I just want to meet this guy. I got to, and so, and if that doesn't work, I'll put 40000 in. Now just loan me $40,000 on a $100,000 house. You know, if that doesn't work, I mean, I'll put $50,000 in, only $30,000 on a hundred thousand. I got to do something to get in this guy's head. And then once we know each other, he'll get reasonable.
1: Right. Yeah. Once you start sending him some payments every month for a couple months, he's going to say, okay, well this guy wasn't effing around. He knows what he's doing.
2: In in essence, we're in business together. Right. No. And now it's, Hey, I got another couple of deals. I want to show you. I want to go to lunch and you know, they just get closer and closer, but like, you're tied to him now, you know? Right. you know, and if you don't have 20 grand, then, you know, we need to talk about uh, going to 1000houses.com forward slash grow and getting some 0% credit card money and go ahead and put 20,000 down on a 0% credit card that has a 12 month window and you're going to flip this thing within 12 months. So, the margin that you're clearing for him isn't even costing you any damn money nor your own money. I mean there's a reason why I buy hundreds of houses I bought I bought I bought a house every 4 to 5 days in and about San Antonio, Texas where I live for 22 years that's about 100 houses a year there's a reason why I figured out and I didn't invent these things a lot of people that I bumped into had great ideas I just kept stealing them okay I just kept borrowing them or using them uh, and and I kept putting them in my back pocket and now I'm just passing them along to you but there's a reason why I buy 100 houses a year for 22 years, plus or minus. And the big part of it is now I have 22 million dollars worth of private money. There's a funny thing happens when you borrow money and you pay people back on time as agreed. You get, you get more money, either from them, and as soon as they run out, the next word is, you know, hey, I got another house. He says, man, I'm about tapped with all I'm going to do it, you know, in this bucket. I say, okay, that's great. Certainly you know somebody who needs to make eight or nine or ten percent with this kind of security, right? Don't you know someone we can help? Who do you know? Oh yeah, well my ex-wife could sure use that. I know, I know she has at least a half a million because she took <laughs> half a million. with. Her.
1: <laughs> she took my half a million, right?
2: Yeah, <laughs> but yeah uh, so, they
1: typically do. They know somebody else or they may have another bucket of their own that they need to invest. But
2: let's talk about pitching, pitching to a stranger. First of all, there's instances where you know people good enough and you can say, hey, I want to talk to you about this thing and see if you want to loan me some money. You know, if you know I'm good enough, or you want to be that transparent with them because you're that close. But typically, I never go ask people if I can borrow money because when you ask people to borrow money, they get in a boxing stance right off the bat. As soon as you your lips stop moving, they they're they're in a defensive position.
1: I love that strategy. Just don't ask. I mean, that's I love it. Don't ask. Got it.
2: find excuses to show people your business model and make them start asking questions about your business model and we use NLP to get them to ask us what we want them to ask us so we can start to explain what we always wanted to explain in the first place so NLP neural, neural linguistic linguistic programming we're programmed to, to, to go certain places in a conversation by what's been said previously so if I want to get you to ask me, what I do for a living so I can give you my elevator pitch, David, I would say something like, I would say, and play along with me here. You're pick any profession except a real estate investor. Okay. Got it. I I noticed you have a pretty damn nice. That's a very expensive watch. I've been admiring it. Uh, Can I, you must be successful. What may I ask what, what, what you do for a living? I'm a dentist. Wow! I, I I almost I wanted to be a dentist, and I almost I almost went in that direction, but I chose a different path. What's the What's the next thing you got to say to me?
1: Well, what path did you go? <laughs>
2: well, I, help, I help people. I help average people achieve above average rates of return on their idle money, and I do it by giving very valuable real, Texas real estate as collateral, and I can pay as much as eight, nine, ten percent. With collateral, that's worth 35 40 50% more than what your risk is. You know? Now, I messed this up because in the real plan, this is how it should go. Let's do it one more time. Okay. Let's do it. Well, I noticed you have a really nice watch. I want to get a watch like that. Uh, you must be very successful. Uh, may I ask what you do for a living?
1: I'm a dentist, actually.
2: You know, um, my kids are going to need some dental work pretty soon. Do you have a card? Okay. Yeah, I, just, I like
1: that. I like I that.
2: Control whether there's a callback or not is now up to me, not up to him. You know, I, thanks for the card. I appreciate that. Um, where's your office, your office downtown. Okay. Okay. Well, it doesn't matter. You seem like a cool guy. I'll just drive wherever you're at. Right. Um, but you know, I almost went into dentistry, uh, but I chose a different path. Now he's asking me, you know, what do you do for a living? I give my pitch and we try to set the, you know, set the appointment. One of the easiest times to get money is during a stock market fall. When the stock market's doing, you know, starting to crash, just walk around town and ask everybody who looks like, and, and it's very deceiving, so you can't really judge a book by the cover, but go to the people that look successful first, I guess, if you have a choice, and say, wow, did you see that stock market today? And if they hang their head and start shaking their head, you know that they lost money. No, you I didn't see it. Yeah, you oh, did. Look, look, listen to this NLP. Man, I am so glad I ne- I quit putting my money in the stock market 10 years ago because I found a way to make to invest my money that didn't involve that risk. And I am so glad that my money's not in that stock market and I put it where I put it.
1: Oh well, where'd you put it? <laughs> 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 right I love it so hey well, Mitch what's the elevator pitch so so you, you you comment them or compliment them on something they tell you what they do right and then you you know you build some rapport do. with them you get a card um and then you you know I almost went in that direction I chose a different path so then they're gonna ask what path you went in and then boom now now you're at the elevator pitch and how does that go because I think the way you do it is elegant and short but powerful.
2: Well, the pitch, the pitch is the pitch. And then there's this like human element that comes in where you're just con- conversing again. Of course, of course, the pitch. It's um, I help average people achieve above average rates of return on their idle money. And it's all backed up by very, very, very valuable Texas real estate. So, you know, Dave, it's kind of like in essence, you're either going to get paid the return that you were promised, or you're going to get this piece of real estate that's worth a lot more than, than what, what you have in it, like way more. If you ever want to talk about it let me know.
1: Man, I love it. Because love you don't
2: have it. to you don't have to live by this ticker tape, man. This I, I used to get sick. I'd be uh, I'd be worth money and then I wasn't worth money and then I never knew if I was w- take it out or not take it out, it's bullshit. I know what I'm going to make every year now. And it's good. I mean, it's you know, it's it's decent. It's 8, 9, 10% for sure or I'm going to get the property which is I, I wish they would fail every time. I mean, the worst thing that happens to me is they pay me on time. I really wish they wouldn't pay me because I would make a lot more money if I could get my hands on their damn real estate. Oh, so whenever you
1: say that and then somebody says, well, what happens when they don't pay? And then you, get, then you do have to get your hands on the real estate. What's the, no,
2: I say, if they don't pay, I go out and have a freaking party. Cause now like my, the last deal I did, I had 50,000 in- and, a loan to this guy and he had a hundred and twenty thousand dollar piece of property and he didn't pay me shit. I, I I got the property and I sold it at a discount for a hundred and I made fifty grand like that.
1: Yeah. You know? That's, you know,
2: I said I wish it would happen every time, but these guys they don't miss. They don't miss. They're pros. They don't miss, but I wish they would miss more.
1: Right, right. Man, I love it. So I help average people achieve an above average rate of return on their money
2: on their idle all, money, on their idle money
1: on their idle money
2: and it's all backed by real estate so in essence i either get paid the return on promised or i get a super more valuable piece of property is that a word super more valuable <laughs> say that last part again i either get paid on time I either get paid as agreed the rate of return I was promised or i get this piece of property that's usually worth way more than the rate of return that I was promised or that's more valuable to me than the rate of return. They promised me by a long shot.
1: Man, I love it.
2: You got to learn how to get in these conversations and start stating your case with making it, you know, if you open a door and try to push someone through the door, they don't want to go.
1: They don't want to go. But if you can lead them through it and make them ask you questions. You
2: can and, get them to the point where they open up the door and you're walking through with them. And they're they think pushing
1: you idea. through the door.
2: <laughs> they think it's their idea to go into this room. Yeah. Hey,
1: let's go let's uh, talk about this some more, man. Yeah. I'm losing money in the stock market or it's, it's not invested at all. Or it's I'm 30, 35 years old and I can't even touch this
2: money for 30 years. Boom. Yeah. So you want to to know what you're gonna end up being worth in 30 years? I can if you go with me, I can tell you what you're gonna be worth in 30 years. If you go with the stock market, I can't tell you shit.
1: Yeah, no, that's so true. Mitch, how do you um overcome? I got a couple quick questions for you here, real quick. So, whenever you're doing like the very first uh the very first loan we were talking about was an 8% five year interest only. Yeah. Okay. Payable monthly, first lien position, wrappable, right? So, what happens if you go out and you buy a property at 50 cents in the dollar, you get a 50K property that's worth 100, and you know, you're paying your lender 8%, and the, the person that you sold the property to is paying you 12, 15, whatever mm-hmm. it is.
2: They're paying me 10% for 30 years fixed on a 30 year amortization. It'll take them 17 years to get down to what I owe that guy.
1: (laughs) Right. Okay. So that was the that was the second question. I love it. I love it. The first question though is
2: what do you think that property would be worth in 17 years? And what do you think the note balance will be worth? I mean, what you know, I mean I probably won't have any problem replacing this guy if if it makes it 17 years, but I got a five-year problem. Actually. So that's, that's where I'm going. And I'm
1: not, I'm, I'm just curious how you handle because I am so intrigued. That's why I'm asking.
2: you shortcut this? Because this is a long conversation and I want to get more on how to get the money, not to, not to worry about, we'll worry about what to do after you get the money later, but to to solve that problem, go to 1000houses.com forward and go to my website and go to my blog and look up the blog post, why I borrow at the terms I do.
1: Thousandhouses.com forward slash what?
2: No, it's just go to 1000houses.com. Go to just find my blog post there on the page. Click on the blog post and search for the article, why I borrow at the terms I do. Now I've since grown. I'm starting to borrow on fully amortized terms and stuff. But if you want to talk about how I at the 8% 5 years how i handle that potential train wreck that's coming there's all kinds of ways out of it
1: okay cool yeah let's not focus on it now i'm just curious because i, I would think th- i would think most people would want to renew anyway but in yeah, the event but, that somebody's like i stop- need that money i guess you have a you you know a way in advance anyway and you just slide
2: somebody else in right right but but you got to stop it at some point right and and you're better off if you'll amortize and i'll show you all about it. that that thing I said it once perfectly in about 10 or 12 pages, all the different angles of how to do it. Perfect. I'll go look it up and I'll send all the audience over there too. So guys- What I want to do here is teach people how to
1: get the money. Yeah, how okay? to get them. Absolutely. So, so I'm taking really good notes here, guys. I know you may be driving or on the road or whatever it might be. All this information is going to be at discountpropertyinvestorpodcast.com forward slash Mitch. Um, so we'll put all the links to all the different different things that he's talking about. He's talking about tax-free future and a thousand houses and Mitch has a course, which we'll get to here in a little bit. All that information will be at discount property investor podcast.com forward slash Mitch. So Mitch, let's keep going, buddy.
2: I love it. So you want to get in positions to talk to people about what you do. And then, then I'll show you these little NLP tactics to get them to open the door and go into the room where the conversation you want to have. Right. So like here's one, David, you look like a very successful man. I'm about, you know, I've always admired you. We've been friends for a long time. I'm about to go in eyeballs deep into a strategy uh, business. And I would really, really uh, appreciate if you would just take a look at it and see if you can poke any holes in it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So then we make the coffee and now we're at coffee. You're going to meet me and I'm going to, you're going to try to poke holes in my plan. and say, well, here's the deal. I'm buying, I'm going to go out and buy houses. And I buy, I, I buy this house. Uh, let's say I'm going to buy a house for 50,000 and then I'm going to sell it with owner financing uh, or I'm going to fix it up and fix it and flip it, you know, and yada, yada for a hundred grand. It says, now here's the deal. I'm getting this $50,000 uh, at 8% interest only for five years. Dead stop, pause. The close, pause. Stop talking.
1: Wait, wait. S- s- back up a, co- a little okay. bit there. Say that again.
2: Now, now, to buy these houses, I'm getting, I, I, I'm borrowing money at 8% interest only for five years.
1: And then that's when you stop. Got it. I
2: stop. A businessman, not under the pressures of being in a, in an act like this. Fifty percent of the time ago, where are you getting that money? That's what I want him to ask me. If he doesn't ask me, if 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 he's like this conversation right here, and you didn't ask me, then I start pro- prodding him to ask me who it is. Now, don't you think eight percent for this entity is a pretty fair rate of return, given that 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 they got this house, this hundred thousand dollar house is security? Don't you think this entity's pretty secure? Yeah, absolutely. And also, don't you think that, um, don't you, know it's pretty secure. And don't you think 8% is fair for this entity? You know, this entity, 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 entity. When are you going to ask me, what, who the hell is that entity? (laughs) I get it. I think it's great. So say, say to me, so who is it? Who, who, how you, where are you getting this 8% money? Who is that entity? Ask me. So who is this entity?
1: Where are you getting this 8% money?
2: Well, Dave, you take your hat off, you take your glasses off, lean back in your chair, cross your legs, and say, Dave, I'm getting it from people that are sick and tired of living by a ticker tape in the stock market, and they're sick and tired of 1%. And, and they realize that the worst thing's going to happen to them is that they're going to get paid 8 or 9 or 10%, or they're going to get this $100,000 house for a fifty dollars investment. Why? Do you know someone we can help, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> you just spun that around. Woo, I didn't see that coming, man. <laughs> I don't need to ask you if you want to do it. You will, you, you will tell me if you want to do it. 80% of the time, it's, hell yeah, I know someone. Me. Me, right.
1: I know, so but I'm I love how you that. don't approach it to where you ask them. You never ask them. Instead, you No, you're you
2: going to ask kinda, me, and I'm going to explain it.
1: Divert a little bit, right? Do you happen to know somebody who might want that? Because I I already have people that I'm working with and I love it. I think
2: it's great. And you never beg for money. Key key number one, I don't ever beg for money. I'm helping you. Where else can they, where else can they go get 10% with this kind of security? Where can they do it off the top of your head? You can't think of anything. There's no other place. So I, I'm doing them a favor by showing them where the where the 10% interest rate is with this security. And I am definitely helping people because the people that I get money from, you know, they may own, I don't deal with a lot of wealthy people. I deal with a lot of average people that their whole lifetime, they've managed to put away four, five, six hundred thousand $600,000. You know, maybe $300,000. And if they don't- and if and That's they an don't entire make,
1: lifetime's worth of work, right? Yeah,
2: and if they don't make 10% on it, it's it's just a waste of effort. You know, they don't, they don't have enough money to make anything at one or 2%.
1: Yeah. You can't, you can't really afford to lose money whenever your entire nest egg's three or 400 grand. I mean, try living on retirement for 20 or 30 years with that kind of money. You're going to, you're going to burn through it in a a year or two.
2: In essence, if you have it at a bank at a 1% CD rate, you are losing money because inflation inflation's
1: higher, right? A year. Yeah, I mean, one bad medical trip to the hospital, and you're going to be out 150, 200 grand, you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So the the key is to to and and, and, you know I have this. I'm trying to deliver as much content here because I I hate selling courses. I don't like to sell on these kind of things. But I have private money changes everything. We're going to put it over in the show notes. But I can that thousand dollars that that thing costs. It's the now this course. It's not very. It's not very thick it's not heavy it's not bulky it's kind of like cheesecake it ain't very big on the plate but you you can only eat one piece because it's rich you know this is really content rich seven steps how to go about it who to call on i can show you at least two places to go that you'll never run out of people to call on you could call on one every day for 365 days a year and never run out and they'll all sit down and talk to you if you preface why you want to meet them right and you're going to go meet them for a perfectly legitimate reason, but it's not going to be the only reason And the conversation about 90% of the time is going to switch from why you're there to what they want to talk about, which is I'm going to, get you to talk about loaning me your money.
1: Right. Okay. Very interesting. Very and interesting.
2: So, so you get in positions to talk to people that could be on your round table and I'd, I'd like for you to be on my roundtable. I'd like for you to do my legal documents. I'd like for you to be my CPA. Let me show you what I'm doing. Tell me if you can help me. You know, an attorney. I got I to gotta find an eviction attorney and I got to have some people do documents and everything. I heard you're a good attorney. Let me show you all my businesses. See if there's a place. See if you can be my guy. Can I get a free 30-minute consultation? Well, I mean, who's going to say no to that? I need to, and then when you get in there, he so, says, well, let me show you what I'm doing and what I need. And then I start explaining my business, and I make him ask me, where are you getting that money? And I turn the conversation. It's brilliant. It's simple. And then there's 21 objections. And I have all of them listed out. <laughs> the objection and the answer It's the only 21 objections I've ever heard. If you, if you find an objection that I haven't heard, make sure you get it over to David or me so I can add it to the list. That's right. Uh, And and you just, I tell everybody, put it up where you brush your teeth in the morning and in the evening and read the answer, read the, read the objection and the answer for about three or four days in a row, twice a day, once in the morning, once in the evening. And then I got this other sheet that just has the objections, put it up and start going through the objections and coming, reciting the answer from memory. And when you can do that, you're ready to go meet with people.
1: It's that
2: easy. I love I it. I even have a PowerPoint that will take people through what I do that is um, with my voice where I'm explaining it. And then there's also a PowerPoint that um, doesn't have any audio so you can explain it. And the PowerPoints can be, you can make them your own. You know, you can put your own profile up there or whatever. I'm trying as, as, to make this as easy as I can for you. I even have um, uh, credibility packages and uh, funding opportunity packages where you can put a real house in with all its particulars and say, this is like, this is one I have today. You know, look, I, I think I have one, I, you know, I'm getting ready to go over someone and showing this opportunity right now. Let me show you the one I got right now. There's this house for a hundred thousand dollars. I just need 45,000 in the first position. Here it is. And here's all the comps, and here's, you know, you know, I, I just accidentally seem to have this on me <laughs> uh, somewhere. I got it somewhere. Where's my briefcase? Oh, Oh, no, it's here. I got it in my pocket.
1: Right. <laughs>
2: <It is. laughs> uh, so, you know, I just, you know, the funny thing, I told myself I'm not going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyways, because I never do what I tell myself I'm going to do. <laughs> me uh, and you both, man. I like, to, I like to push it. You know, one of the things I did was, and you've you got to hear me all the way through with this, I studied the con men. The con men were the greatest in the world at separating people from their money. They're genius. The best con men are some of the greatest salesmen in the world. I just wanted to learn what they were doing and then do exactly what they did except when you get to the part where you screw the person you took the money from, you you don't don't do that. Yeah, of course. Learn Learn the talent of that con man. Now the only thing that's hard to overcome that a con man does that I can't do and it's a big part of his game is he promises overwhelming returns. You know, I can't, I got to promise realistic returns. But other than that, so I can't promise overwhelming returns, too good to be true returns, and I can't screw the person at the end. So if I take those two things out of the con man's equation, now I'm studying the con guy, what he does. And they are experts at NLP. They're experts at getting you to make it think that it's your idea to invest with them or to buy the whatever, you know. So I was studying those things, and I kept watching how they were using this NLP. And I thought, how do you take that evil and turn it into good for everybody? And, and you know, you know, just like seller financing houses, if you get an evil investor out there, he can take that to hurt people. An evil person could take this course to raise private money. He, could, he can go out there and use that to hurt people if he's evil. So I, I, I'm teaching all the ways to stay in bounds and not and not uh, have those problems. For example, one of the one of the issues and objections of persons, I'm afraid I'm going to lose my parents' money or my friend's money or my grandmother's money. I'm petrified that I would mess up. I say, you know, I was the same way. I wasn't. It wasn't because I thought my business practice was unsound. It's just when you promise to pay someone back. Like when you sign a personal guarantee at a bank, you are signing for everything that could possibly happen on the planet Earth: hailstorms, windstorms, atomic bombs, uh, tsunamis, uh, f- fires. You know, like how in the hell can you have the audacity to guarantee a loan with anybody in the signature? You, when you do, you're you're a guaranteeing against war, you're against everything. And so that was what, what always petrified me was. What if something happened beyond my control and I couldn't honor my word? So I had to preface the offer so that I could always honor my word. And here's the offer. This is, oh, in those terms I told you, you might want to write this down because it was two very important parts I left out. It was okay. eight, it was five years, it was interest only, it was payable monthly, it was a first lien position, it was wrappable, it was no more than 65% of the value. And it was non-recourse collateral only. So if I ever can't pay you, my plan B is I walk a deed over to you and I have honored my word. So I look all my lenders in the eye and I say, here's the deal. I'm going to agree to pay you 10% for a 15-year amortized loan. If I ever can't pay you, I absolutely have the right, every day of my life that this loan exists, I absolutely have the right to walk over the deed to this property over to your house and sign it over to you. I absolutely have the right every day to do one of two things, to pay you as agreed or to hand you the deed to that property. Those are my two rights every day. And if you don't like that property, For the amount of money you're loaning me, don't make this loan because I have the right to give it to you anytime I want. Then I also preface it after that harsh statement is, now, that being said, I've been 22 years in 2,000 houses and I've never given a house back yet because I know that if I give you a house, doctor, you're not going to loan me any more money because you're not in the house business. You're in the doctor business. So I know that, but you have to understand I have the right to, if the, if the, if the fit hits the shan, then the worst, then I have a right to give you. And that's why you make 10%. You're sharing in this tiny minuscule piece of risk. So that's how I sleep at night. Uh, Owing $22 million right now to people is I've always had two rights. If I ever don't want to owe it, I just take those deeds and I walk them right down to those people and I'm done. And I have honored my agreement because I told them explicitly, I always had two rights, pay you as agreed or hand you the deed. Here's my promise. You'll never chase me for a deed. If I can't pay you, I'll walk it to you myself. You know, and now I got twenty-two million dollars worth of debt, non-recourse. I, I sleep very well at night because I'm always going to be able to honor my word, always, because I can always walk my deed down there. Um, and then think about what the banks. Bank says, "How much you own all these houses? Twenty-two million. That's a lot of debt. Yeah, it's all non-recourse. What?
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, non-recourse. All non-recourse.
2: What? They jump out of their chair. So, um. I hope I've made some sense to you. I don't. I don't want to beat this horse to death. I mean, no,
1: you made tons of sense, Mitch. I appreciate you coming back on the show, man. there has been. I'll,
2: I'll check a- it out if you want to go to. I, you know, go go to go over to the show notes. See what we got. See what it offers over there. But I mean, for nine hundred and ninety-seven dollars, if you only get someone to loan you thirty thousand dollars, it's worth more than a thousand dollars to you one time. You know, I mean, how much can you make on a thirty thousand dollar? chunk of money out there in the real estate world.
1: Right. A ton. Lot,
2: more, lot, lot more than a thousand dollars. I mean, uh, I think it's a great value. And I think, I think some of those lessons in that, in that private money changes everything can be used on all kinds of things, not just raising money. You have to think about your business and what you do every day. But NLP could be used for buying houses for motivated sellers. You know, you might be able to take some of those ideas and swing them around to that angle. Um, so it's very, very interesting. And I didn't come up with this stuff overnight. I had developed this, this pitch for private money over a long string of failures and over a lot of input from a lot of people. Right. And I finally honed it to where I have a very high success rate. If they have the money and, uh, and I teach you how to handle naysayer spouses, uh, naysayer CPAs, um, naysayer attorneys or how to at least brief people to expect there to be naysayers, especially if they have a financial advisor where the money's going to leave his hands and come to your hands. He's not going to talk good about you at all. And you have to prepare people for those things. Right. You have a better chance of them surviving it.
1: Absolutely. Well, Mitch, thank you so much for coming back on the show, man. I learned a ton um, private money changes everything, guys. That is so true. It is important to know and to understand. Um, there is going to be some awesome show notes here at discountpropertyinvestorpodcast.com forward slash Mitch, M-I-T-C-H. There'll be access um, to all the different sites and and, and, and products that, that we have talked about on
2: this show. And Mitch yeah, by the has- way, man- I got so much free stuff over on this stuff. I mean, I got free, the gurus out there have told me they lambast me sometimes and say, man, you give everything away. And I said, you know, if people want to go try to do it on their own, I'll give them everything they need. But the, you know, the really sharp people are going to know that they're going to need, they need a, they need a little help. Or right. else you're either going to pay the street or you're going to pay the coach. One right. way or the other, you're going to pay Good them. It's just which way is less stressful. and, and, and so I think, paying a coach is less stressful but you want to take all this information i give away for free and you want to make a run at yourself i mean you know that there's about two percent people like that you know that can can really take it and go yeah
1: those i would agree two percent and you know and that's about it It, it, you need people need help most of the time it's difficult to learn it all on your own i totally agree
2: the courses are i mean are are you know To the nth degree, but you just can't cover every situation and every nuance that 22 years of experience can pick up in a conversation with you. When you start telling me about how your buyer's talking to you or how your seller's talking to you, uh, I'll say something like, Hey Dave, all right, I've heard what you're saying about this conversation with this motivated seller, but I want you to do something before we make a decision. I want you to get a shovel and go dig a four-foot hole in the back left-hand corner, about four-foot deep and four-foot wide, and call me back, tell me what you find. And then you go call me back and go, how in the hell did you know that was that in the ground down there? I said, you know, because I've talked to this asshole before, and I know exactly what he's trying to do to you. I could hear it. I could smell it. And, and ask me how I know about what's buried in that back corner. I bought houses that had that buried over there, and this is exactly how the conversations went. So there you go. I just saved you that problem.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Mitch, thanks you so much for coming on. Guys, check out all the show notes, discountpropertyinvestorpodcast.com forward slash Mitch. I'm going to link to all of the free stuff he talked about, as well as his course and a couple other products that Mitch has, like the self-directed IRA and the blog post that we talked about on, you know, all the different terms that he borrows at. Mitch, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for spreading some, some knowledge today and sharing some knowledge with our Audience, our listeners and our viewers. Um, I love this strategy. I was I've been talking to my business partner a lot about it lately. About you know maybe pivoting from us just acquiring a ton of rentals to start acquiring some owner finance deals where we own the note. Well, and, you know what, um,
2: you take you take your crappiest rentals first, and and when they go vacant or when you evict them, take that house that has that black cloud over it. Owner finance that thing. That's where you start. You start on the you start. You know, you have your rentals in the best one to the worst one. You start at the worst one and that's the one you you owner finance. And then you kind of prove this thing to yourself and watch how good it works on the Watch that crappy rental turn into a beautifully cash flowing owner financed house that someone else is putting a lot of money into.
1: Yeah, I love that. There's so many, there's so many advantages and really
2: the finger and you try the one or two at the bottom of your list, your rental list, and then You'll you'll your you and your partner will kind of see by doing the effects, and once you start living it, you'll go. Why the hell did I ever do any rentals? I know why you do rentals. You do for appreciation and depreciation, but other than that, if they're a pain in the butt, just owner finance them.
1: Love it. I think I totally agree. Totally agree. Well, Mitch, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on the show. Enjoy your afternoon. I know you're going to be headed off to the ranch to do some hunting. I'm jealous. I want to come come with you. But I'm in St. Louis. Can't do that today. Um, enjoy the rest hey, who, of your day. Who's your, partner? who's your partner? My partner's Mike. He's out in the field today. I didn't have him on either of these podcasts with you. Mike who? Mike Slane. Well, will bring him. <laughs> I will. That would be fun. We'll have to come back down in the, in the near future. That'd be awesome.
2: All right, man. All right. I got to run, too. All right, guys. Signing off. Until
1: next time, we appreciate you listening. Don't forget, show notes will be over at discountpropertyinvestorpodcast.com forward slash Mitch. Until next time. Thanks for listening, guys.
0: Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience.